Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? That was really a loaded question. That wasn't just a, a space filler. Aren't you thankful for this precious Word? Do you realize that before the 1600s, which is only about 400 years ago, in case you're doing math, before the 1600s, you and I could not have access to this because one of the greatest, I'm one of, if not the greatest invention of mankind was the printing press. It really, really was. And the first thing that was officially printed on it was the Bible. And it took this sacred book that because of its sacredness and limited access that only some could access and get to because of how seeking to preserve the Holy Writ, it took it, was it Gutenberg that? made the press, it took the sacred scripture and it made it accessible to common men like you and I. I'm so thankful for this book. I believe that we need a fresh baptism of love for the word of God. We really do. We need a fresh baptism of love for the Word of God. Brother Martin and I were talking a little bit this morning, and we were talking about priorities and the challenge. There's always stuff pulling on our time, isn't there? But we understand we make time for things that are important. We have to. If you're not able to make time for the Word of God... Something in your priorities is out of order. I'm not trying to be unkind. We're just being real today. If you're not making time for the word of God, there's something in your priorities that are out of order. Why don't we pray right now before we dive into the word of the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We receive of you, arrest our hearts and our attention this morning. Arrest our hearts and our attention this morning. Open our understanding. Let us receive of your spirit and your word what you want us to receive. Let us to hear what the spirit says to the church. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. There's really so much just stirring in my spirit this morning. Why don't, let's go to Psalm 119, 105. No, let's start with Genesis 1 and 1. I want to look at a couple of familiar places in Scripture and then we'll just talk a few minutes. 
In the beginning, everybody say the beginning. Okay, this is the beginning of time. I know you've heard that before, but repetition is the mother of all learning. In the beginning of time, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Now, verse 3 is what I want us to see. And God said, and I know you've heard this before, God said. We see here the introduction of the Word of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, John 1 and 1, then we're going to go to Psalm 119. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, it's the same beginning that's being spoken of in John that was being spoken of in Genesis. The beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word. Okay? God said the Word. In the beginning was the Word. You notice that Word there has a capital W. All right. That's significant. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. That doesn't mean like that doesn't mean like where it says the Word was with God. It doesn't mean like I have my Bible with me, so the Word is with me. Okay? It would be more attuned if I were to say to you to, that my heart is with me. It's a part of me. It can't be... In this instance here, the Word was with God. They are not separable. That's what he's saying. The Word was with God. They are not separable, two distinct things. They are, because, and we know that by the next statement. The Word was God. See, John was, John is known as the revelator. John's single greatest purpose in his writing was to reveal Jesus Christ and who he was. This is why you see it in John 1. If you read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, you see him doing the same thing. Okay, he says, we have beheld his glory. Or that, sorry, that's not. He talks about who's, who we've handled, our eyes have seen. We've the word of life. What he says in 1 John of the word of life. He's trying to reveal who Christ was to people. And so you see this here. You see it in the book of Revelation that he wrote, right? Hence the reason he's known as John the Revelator. But that really is his purpose throughout his ministry is revealing Christ and who he was. And so here he said he's being progressive in this first verse that he writes of his letter. In the beginning was the word. But I want to take you beyond that. It was more than just the Word. The Word was with God. It was inseparable. But it's not just that the Word was inseparable. It's because the Word was God. Yeah. He wants us to understand this about the nature of God. Now, go to Psalm 119, please. 105. Psalm 119 and 105. 
The psalmist declares a verse many of us can quote. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need a fresh baptism of love for the word of God. I'm, I'm, we're just going to talk a little bit this morning. I'm just telling you, okay? I, I have some devotionals at my house. Anybody have devotionals? Anybody ever read devotionals? Okay, me too, sometimes. Not all the time, sometimes. Um, I, I'm not anti-devotional. I just told you I have my house. I read them sometime. I think what has happened in our world today, at least what I've witnessed from time to time, is people have become more dependent on devotionals than the Word of God. The devotional has replaced the Word of God in their life. All right, and if this shoe fits, wear it and let God help us. Because what happens is I'll get a devotional. It will have a scripture or two, maybe, at the top. And then I'll read someone else's thoughts about that. Rather than allowing the word of God to talk to me. And rather than digging in the word for myself, I'll ingest somebody else's thoughts. I'm, again, I'm not anti-devotional, but I'm telling you, they have caused us to become dependent on somebody else's study rather than giving ourselves to study of the Word of God. And the Lord, through Paul, told Timothy, Timothy, you study. You study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have a responsibility, Timothy. Timothy didn't have a devotional to grab. Well, maybe he did. I don't know. I guess technically I don't know. He couldn't jump on Amazon and order the latest one. I'll tell you that. I'm not telling you go home and throw away your devotionals. You understand? But we must be baptized afresh with the love for the Word of God. Have you ever, anybody ever made this statement? Be honest, this is group participation here, okay? Has anyone ever made this statement? I really wish God would talk to me. Look around the room, look, keep your hand up. Look around the room. Oh, okay, good. Okay, I'm going to let you in on a secret. He will. He'll talk to you every day. That's not hyperbole. He will talk to you every day. God will speak to you and I every day. Matter of fact, I would tell you as a child of God, you should be in prayer daily and you should be in the word daily. And if you're in prayer daily and in the word daily, he's talking to you daily. See, we have 
The reason why we make the statement sometimes, I wish God would talk to me, is because we have removed God talking to us as this every once in a while thing that God's way up there, I'm way down here, my relationship is somewhat just, He's way and I'm this and versus, no, no, I abide in Him. His Word abides in me. We commune in prayer. We commune through His Word. As I go about my day, He's talking to me. I'm talking with Him. He can nudge me here. That's what it it is to be filled with and led by the Spirit of God. But we want the Lord to talk to us, but our opening of the Word is limited. Our time in the Word is limited. And then we ask questions like, why doesn't God talk to me? Now I know. I love you. All of you. No, I wasn't singling out Brother Martin here. I love him too. But we got to talk plain about this. We need a fresh love for the Word of God. Every one of us. Every one of us. We've got to get it back in proper place in our lives. Now, don't tell me you don't have time. Okay? I, I know, again, Brother Martin and I were talking about things pulling on. Don't tell me you don't have time. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, okay? I could, but I won't. And, and how many of you in the last, let's say, three weeks? How many of you in the last three weeks, don't raise your hand. How many in the last three weeks have watched a football game? That's three to four hours of time. If you've watched one in the last few weeks. If you've watched two in the last three weeks, there's six to eight hours of time. If you've watched one every week, there's three to four hours every week. If you've watched two every week, there's six to eight hours a week. Don't tell me you don't have time to open the Word of God. What you're telling me is my priorities are different than what they should be. And I'm more interested in the things of the world than I am the things of God. And I give time to things that feed my flesh rather than my spirit. But I'm wondering why the Spirit of God doesn't talk to me. I know that's plain. We need to be real about this. This is a heaven and hell issue. This is an eternity issue. This isn't just, well, I'm just trying to have a good life. No, this is about eternal life. And he said here, where would we go, Lord? Where else do we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now, I use that as an example. I could go down the list. I'm not trying to do that. I think you get the point. Some of you don't want me to go down any list. But the Holy Ghost wants to awaken us from a slumber where we make excuses why we don't have time to be in the Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet. It is light to my path. If I want to walk in the will of God, if I want to walk in the plan of God, if I want to walk in the purpose of God, I will be in the Word of God. How can you know where you're going if you're not in the Word? 
How can you see where to go if you're not in the Word? How can you get direction for your home, for your marriage, for your family, for your children, for your job? You fill in the blank. How can you get that if you're not in the Word? The Word is a lamp to my feet. The Word is a light to my path. I may not see what's down the road, but the Word gives me enough to know the next step. The Word gives me enough to know I'm going the right way. The Word gives me assurance no matter what else is happening around me. But we neglect the Word of God and wonder why. The Word is a lamp. The Word is a light. The, I believe in the leading of the Spirit of God. Amen? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8, we read that, we understand that. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. But the Spirit and the Word agree. The Spirit and the Word agree. And sometimes, sometimes what happens is we struggle in our daily walk because our daily walk has limited influence from the Word of God. Our daily walk is more influenced by social media. Our daily walk is more influenced by the God of this world. Our daily walk is more influenced by what our friends are texting us and communicating. Our daily walk is more influenced by coworkers around us and what we're talking about while we're at work. I'm not saying we cut all that out. You understand. But we need to recognize and realize, I'm either going to let the Word be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, or I'm going to let all this other noise and all these other voices influence my path. Anybody ever crossed a river before on rocks? Anybody? Raise your hand so I know I'm not the only one. Okay, a handful of us. Most of us. You know, it's sort, of a, it's sort of a tricky deal sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Especially if those rocks are wet. You ever stepped on one of them and it was wet? And before long, you too were completely wet? Right? And it's harder sometimes when the sun's shining on them because they're glistening and you're not just sure. You know, isn't it something... When you're crossing a river like that, and you understand, man, this river. Now, it's one thing if you realize, okay, I fall off and it's only a foot deep. I'll be all right. I'm just trying not to get wet because it's cold, right? It's another thing if you're stepping across those rocks and it's about three or four foot or more deep and it's moving fast. True? You know, if it's only a foot deep, you might be like. But if it's moving fast and you realize, man, if I fall in, this could be. All of a sudden, you're a little more concerned about every step, aren't you? You're like making sure. Matter of fact, you might reach out there and wiggle that rock. I want to make sure. You ever step on one and it wasn't as stable as you thought it would be? Right? So you're checking it. What do you do? You're checking your footing. I want to make sure. Why? Because I'm going somewhere. Right? What is it? Those stones. You're like, I realize everything around me. But what are you doing? You're putting your confidence in that rock that you're stepping on. 
You understand the danger of the river all around you. You understand where that river could lead you should you end up in it. And so you are looking for the next place to put your foot. You know the destination is the other side of the river. But right now you're not looking over there going, well, let's see. No, you're looking right where your foot's going. Yes? This is what the word becomes to us in our life. This is what I see sometimes when I see this scripture. The word is a lamp to my feet. It does I know that the next step is not the end. But I just have to make the next step. And so what do I want guiding me? I don't want to step wrong, right? And so what some people do is they don't step at all. And they stagnate in their walk with God. That's a result of not spending time in the word. You show me somebody that... God brings out of darkness. They repent. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They've been buried in the name of Jesus, but then they only grow so far and they stop growing. I'll tell you what happened. They stopped loving the Word and getting buried in the Word of God. They stopped spending time letting the Word get in them and fellowshipping the Word. And so what happened is they stopped having direction for their life and they just sort of stagnated right there where they were. We got to love the Word. We got to get back to the word like we've never been in the word before. The psalmist prayed this order my steps in your word. Order my steps in your word. What was he saying? Well, we know what the verse says, but he's also said, I don't want my steps in any other thing. I want them in the Word of God. I want my steps in the Word of God. I want my life ordered by the Word of God. I want my life directed by the Word of God. I want to live in the Word, abide in the Word, be surrounded by the Word, be filled with the Word. I want to love the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was... What? It was what? It was with God, which means it was what? Inseparable. The Word was God. If you and I love God, we will love His Word. If we love God, we will love his word. This is why Jesus could say, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You fall in love with the word of God. And then you begin. Here's what happens. The word's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. So we start walking according to the word. I don't know for sure about a direction and things. Where do I go? Man, I'm a little concerned about AI. I use it almost every day. It's a great tool, but it's just a tool. But I'm concerned about it because people can find answers for stuff there, and I'm afraid it'll cause people to stop going to the Word. We need the wisdom of the Word of God, not the wisdom of this world. And in the hour in which we lived, if we're not careful, we will become more dependent upon the wisdom of men and the wisdom of this world than the wisdom of the Word of God. We need the Word of God. It never fails. It's forever settled. So we must fall in love with the Word of God. Can I just tell you something here about the Word? You say, well, I don't, you know, 
Here's the wonderful, beautiful thing about this precious holy book. It's always relevant. Always. You say, well, I read it and I don't understand it. Then try a different translation. It's always relevant. It doesn't go out of date. Men have tried to disprove it. They've tried to destroy it. They've tried to hide it. They've tried to fault it. But the word endures forever. The word endures. You need, you need answers on parenting? It's in the word. I'm telling you, it is in the word. You need answers on finances? It's in the word. Just read the word. I'm telling you, you'll find it. You need answers about business? It's in the word. See, some of you look at me like I'm crazy. It's in the word. But we'll look to the world for answers on these things and not look to the word. Our first source should always be the word of God. It should be the word of God. It should be the word of God. You want, you know, you're like trying to do, help your marriage. Read the word. There is stuff in the word of God about a good marriage. I mean, good grief. The whole relationship between God and his church is about Marriage is based on that. i got to believe there's stuff in here that will show you how to have a great marriage. But you know what we'll do? We'll go to social media. We'll see some influencer's picture that paints some perfect story of how this is. Whether it's parenting, or whether it's a home, or whether it's a marriage, or whether it's a fitness guru, or whether, and we'll start reaping and drawing on there. And you understand, they're called influencers for a reason. We should be influenced above all else by the Word of God. Shape me by your Word, Lord. Mold me by your word. Let my life conform to your word. Order my steps in your word. Guide me according to your word. Let your word be that which I love and hold to and cling to. Open my understanding of your word. Help me to know what your word speaks to my heart. Help me to see how your word speaks to my life. Jesus is no respecter of persons. We see him walking on the road to Emmaus with those two men after he'd resurrected from the dead. And they're walking and they're telling him about what had happened. And he's like, well, what is this you're talking about? And the two men say, what, where are you from? Are you like a stranger around here? Have you not heard about Jesus? And, you know, they bring up the, the barrel. Now they say he's risen. And the Bible says they're telling him all this. Obviously, they're not recognizing it's Jesus walking with them. And Jesus, the Bible says, began to open up the scriptures. He began to share the scriptures with them. And he opened their understanding of the scriptures. We see it in Luke 24 as well when he's talking with his disciples. It says he opened their understanding of the scriptures. This is why we pray and read the word together. If you're reading, you're going, I'm just not understanding then keep on till you understand. Here, let me just come back to that deal I said earlier. Raise your hand if you've ever watched a football game and you're like, I watched it once, I don't understand what's happening. Raise your hand. There you go, right? Guess what? Everybody that ever watched a football game started there. But you know what you did? You're like, I don't know. People are into this. I guess I'll check it out. And you watched again. And you watched again. And you watched again. 
until you got understanding. And some people go really far. They got understanding about all element. They can look at it and tell them what's happening. What, what happens? They determined, I'm going to give myself to understanding this. So don't tell me, well, I just don't understand the word, and therefore. What are you going to give yourself to understanding? What are you going to give yourself to understanding? And here's the beauty. I'm not just doing it on my own. When I'm fellowshipping him, the author of the book is willing to tell me what he meant. The author of the book is willing to open my understanding. Now, I think I'm almost done, but don't, don't bank on that. Now we're going to talk about the word a little bit. You say, hold on, what have we been doing? You'll understand, watch. So go, go back to um, John 1 and 1 again, please, quickly. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Now, verse 14, I know you can quote it. We didn't read through all of it, but you could. Verse 14, and the word, the word, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Whose glory? The glory of the word. We beheld the glory of the word. How did the glory of the word become revealed? This is not a trick question, but I want you thinking. See, we read over this. You've heard me quote this probably a hundred times. If you've been here a few years, you've heard me quote this a thousand times. The Rodriguez have probably heard me quote these two verses 10,000 times, and they're going to hear me quote it again. How was the glory of the word revealed? Flesh. The word was manifested in the flesh. And it revealed the glory of the word. Glory that was once hidden or reserved to the holiest of holies once a year at the atoning sacrifice. That glory was revealed when the Word became flesh. The Word was manifested to the world through the man Christ Jesus. The glory was revealed. Some of you don't get this. Why do you need to be in the Word? He hasn't changed the way He reveals His glory. He still reveals his glory by manifesting the word through flesh. But it's his glory, not flesh's glory. This is why Paul said no flesh will glory in his presence. But he showed us how his word is revealed. And the glory of the word is revealed. Is it 1 Corinthians 3? Let's try that. It may not be, but I think it is. 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. Verse 2. 3. 
Yeah, that's not it. Watch. Let me go up here and I'll find it real quick. Paul said that we are living epistles. You ever heard that? 2 Corinthians 3. I said 1 Corinthians 3. Sorry. 2 Corinthians 3. Watch. Do we, he's talking to us, the church, Paul said, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we, like others, epistles of commendation to you? Now, those are, this is King James English. Paul is saying, hey, are we needing to promote ourselves? Are we needing to pat ourselves on the back? Or like some others, do we need people to write letters to build us up? Or letters of commendation from you. Verse 2. You, Paul said, are our letter. You're written in our hearts. You're known and read. What? You're known and read of all men. I don't think he was talking about people covering themselves with tattoos to be able to read people. Paul said, you're our letters. Your life is a letter, and people are reading it. Your life has become living word, and people are reading your life. You're read of all men. You want the glory of God to be manifested through your life? He still manifests his glory the same way. This is why we need to be in the word. This is why we need to be in the Word. The Word reveals to us who He is and who He is in us and who He is through us. And so we stop questioning who we are because we know who He is and we know who we are with Him in us and we allow the Word to be made manifest and the glory of the Lord is revealed. Next verse, 3. For as much as, watch, he uses this word. You are what? You are manifestly declared to be what? Whoa, I didn't say that. That's the word of God. The word of God says you are manifestly declared to be the letter of Christ. That's what epistle is. You are manifestly declared to be the word of Christ. See, some of you don't believe that. This is his plan. Christ was our example of how he would minister to the world, how he would reveal his glory to mankind. It's no different with us. We are made in his likeness and in his image. And the purpose is such that the word of God could abide in us. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will and it will be given. This is what he's talking about. But you know why we don't see the manifestation of the word of God more than we do? Because we have lost our love for the word. We haven't got the word in us. I know we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the word of God. But we also have to ingest the written word of God. Let it be illuminated by the indwelling spirit of God. And then that living word will manifest itself to a lost and dying world that's blinded by the God of this world. 
But if my way of communicating to this lost world is by fellowshipping all the noise and social media and worldly entertainments and trappings that they do and trying to find common ground for communication, I'm deceiving myself. I need to fall in love with the word. And when they bring something up, say, I've got an answer. And I can declare the word in love. I may quote chapter and verse, or I may simply speak what I know to be truth from the word of God in a regular conversation. You start getting in the word, I promise the word will start coming out of your mouth. You start studying the word, loving the word, embracing the word, letting the word have its work in you. You'll get in conversation and word will come out of your mouth. You may not quote it chapter and verse, but it just becomes a part of who you are. If my word abides in you, you abide in me. You'll ask what you will. You'll begin to declare my word and it'll be done. You. Everybody say me. Yep, that's one. You are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us. You are not, you've not been written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Remember Genesis 1? In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness moved upon the face, right? And the Spirit of God moved. And God said, The Spirit of the living God wrote on the fleshy tables of your heart. The Spirit and the Word works in your life and mine so that He can manifest His glory to the world. Why do you think the adversary doesn't want you in the Word? I'm going to tell you something. The adversary doesn't care if you pray 20 hours a day if you don't spend time in the Word. How is it somebody can be so given to prayer and still go astray? They're not in the Word. They're not in the Word. And you start fellowshipping spiritual things, entertaining spiritual things, and the thing that keeps us and guides us, the Spirit is not a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The Word is a lamp and a light. The Word is the lamp and the light. The Spirit leads us. The Spirit leads us, but the Word illuminates. I need both. I need both. And there should be balance in our lives. We need prayer. We talk about that at a different time, whether we have time for prayer. We need a fresh love for a place of prayer. We need prayer in the Word, prayer in the Word, prayer in the Word. He wants to manifest His Word through our lives. He wants to reveal His glory to the world. But we got to fall in love with the Word again. We really do. we got to fall in love with the Word again. This is not a guilt trip this morning. This is an invitation of the Lord saying, I'd like to invite you into some things that I have for you. And there's ways I want to use you. I intend to use you. There's purpose and plan I have for your life. But I can't do it if you neglect my word. So what do you got to do? You got to swap out some things. 
Brother Martin and I were talking about this this morning. You have to swap out some things. I'm making time for this. I got to make time for the word. I saw, a, I saw a little short video the other day. I almost shared it in our WhatsApp group. Probably should have. It, probably because of where I've been right now, and so it's speaking to me. It was, what if the word replaced our phones? What if the word replaced our phones? And in this little short video, I have a rock in my shoe. If you guys are thinking he's acting funny, it's sort of bugging me. Um, in this video, a guy was asleep and he woke up. His alarm went off and he reached over. And he rolled over on his pillow and he grabbed the word of God and opened it up. Started turning the pages, reading the word. He got up out of bed, and he went, and he was brushing his teeth. And while he was brushing his teeth, he was holding the word and reading it while he was brushing his teeth. I know nobody's ever looked at their phone while they were brushing their teeth. And then he went in, and he got a cup of coffee. And while he was drinking his coffee, he was sitting there, and he was turning pages, reading the word of God. And nobody's ever had your cup of coffee and just scrolled through your phone while you're doing that. And then he left from his cup of coffee, and he got in his car. And he, I know nobody's ever been on your phone in your car, right? But there he was, and he was looking over at the Word, looking over at the Word. And, and then he, he got where he was going, and he sat down in a, in a little restaurant there with his friend. And him and his friend were sitting there, and they both had the Word open, and they were turning the pages and looking at the Word. He got done. He was working. And at work, he had a break, and he glanced over, and he picked up the Word again, and he was going through the Word. And it, it just went on like this for about a minute and a half, and it just went through the course of his day. What if our phones were replaced by the Word? I'm telling you, it convicted me. What do we find time for? And don't think every time I pick that up and scroll through that, I'm not taking something in. Hear me, I'm really trying to finish. The Word tells us who we are. The Word tells us who He is. The Word tells us of our relationship and how we walk and how we live. The Word gives answers for all those things. And the reason that we doubt who we are, the reason we question who God is, is because we have not spent time in His Word. When I've been in His Word, I know who I am. See, His Word tells me. His Word tells you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, do you believe that? I believe it. I believe it. Because I believe the word. I believe the word. This body is the temple of the holy God, the Holy Ghost. The spirit of the living God dwells here. The word tells me that. The word tells me, 1 John 3, I believe. Beloved, now, everybody say now. Now are we the sons of God. Is that what it says? Now are we the sons of God. Some of you question your relationship with God. But when you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the word declares to me, now are we the sons of God. So I don't walk around going, I wonder where I am in relationship to God. I've been filled with his spirit. I know who I am. Oh, you're saying you don't have problems. Of course I have problems. But it doesn't cause me to question my relationship. Well, but I'm going through something, I don't know. But it doesn't cause me to question who he is. 
The word drives out the voice of the enemy. Because here's what happens. And I'm, I, I really am finishing now. Here's what happens. Is when you're not in the word, you're entertaining other noise and other voices. And those other voices are not the voice of God most often. They're the voice of people or the voice of this. Or worst case scenario, they're the voice of the God of this world. And so there's thoughts that bombard us. Thoughts that feed us. World system thoughts, God of this world thoughts, and they, and they cause us to doubt the word of God. They cause us to doubt the relationship with God. They cause us to not walk in our calling that God has given us. They cause us to question whether God can use us. Whereas if I'm reading the word, I know better than all that. It's like if I tried to tell you, hey, you're not sitting on a chair, you're sitting on a tree. And you'd be like, you're an idiot. I know the truth. This is a chair. You're absolutely right. It is. You're convinced of the truth. Therefore, if I tell you something different, you'll not believe a lie. But the reason we believe the lying thoughts of the enemy that he plants in our heart and in our life, the reason we entertain these things and we question and we struggle and we wrestle is because we haven't been in the word of God. And so when the enemy brings a lie to us, we go, well, maybe that's true. I could be me. I don't know. And, but if we're in the word of God, we're like, we do what Jesus said. Satan, it is written. You can tell me this. You can try to get me to do this. But I know what the Word says. And the Word is true. The Word is forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my Word will never pass away. We need to get back in the Word. Stand with me. The Word says... With his stripes, we are healed. Yes? Do you believe that? Some of you do. We are healed. I don't remember who I was talking to the other day. I was talking to one of y'all, I think. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, And we were talking about healing. And I thank the Lord almost every day for healing my body. Matter of fact, I was thanking him this morning for healing my body. He says, something wrong? No. He healed me. I'm not being facetious. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I believe the word of God. With his, as sure as I believe his blood forgave my sins. I, I can stand here this morning. This isn't arrogance. This is a confidence in the word of God. I am free from sin. I have no sin. I didn't say I have never sinned. I said, I have no sin. Why? Because I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I was baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sin. That's been 48 years ago. But the blood still works. And so when I sin, if I sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is faithful and just to forgive me of all sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's the word of God. I believe it. It's true. So I can say I stand here this morning, not by my own merits, but by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of God, I stand here free from sin. So when I come into the house of God, I'm not struggling. Man, I I haven't been good. I I don't know if I can worship God today. I really... No, I enter the holiest of holies, not by my goodness, but by the blood of the Lamb. That's the word of God, too, Hebrews. 
See, when you know the word of God, you don't entertain the stupidity of the enemy. You're like, hold on a minute. He's a liar. The word says. The word says. Why do you think he doesn't want you in the word? Can I just tell you something? And this is not me taking a shot. This is just something we can relate to, and it will be a very stark example. It's why for many, 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 many years, I've heard from some it's changing a little bit, but I don't know. For many years, most people that were part of the Catholic faith did not open the Bible. They simply had stuff shared with them. Then they don't know the truth. They won't find it for themselves. They just take what they're told. Hear me. If you and I aren't digging in the Word and you're just taking what I'm telling you, now I'm seeking to be in the Word and you understand, but you have a responsibility to be in the Word. And you'll overcome the adversary through the Word of God by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word of our testimony. We need a fresh love for the Word of God. It reveals to us who we are. Now, this is what I was saying about healing. I didn't want to forget that part. So I thank Him every day for healing. Mm-hmm. I very, very rarely, you guys may have noticed, usually if I miss a service, it's not because I'm sick. If I miss a service, it's because I'm traveling somewhere. Right? Why? Am I superhuman? No. With his stripes, I'm healed. I don't, I'm not trying to put condemnation on anybody. You just need it. the word. I believe the word. So what do I do? I walk in his healing. I live in it. If his word abides in me. Yes. Healing is not just what he does. It's who he is. And he lives in me. The healer lives in me. And so I walk in his healing. You know, I don't get sick very often because I'm already healed. You say, that's the dumbest thing. It's true. I I believe it with every fiber of my being. I really, really do. The reason I don't get sick, rarely, rarely, rarely does the Lord allow sickness to touch my body. I'm already healed. Before sickness comes, I'm already healed. He's already done it. He's already done it. This is revelatory for somebody. You need to start walking in the healing that's already done. You say, well, why do we pray healing for people? We're just trying to get them to move back into what he's already done. Walk and live and abide in what he's already done. You say, well, I don't see it yet. That's okay. Just keep walking in it and you will. You keep walking in it until. You keep walking in it until. You keep walking in it until. Why? Because the adversary is trying to get you to doubt the word of God. But I walk in it until. I walk in. I'm redeemed. I don't question whether I've been redeemed. Why? Because I walk in redemption every day. Because the word of God. Come on, would you talk to the Lord right now? Jesus baptizes afresh with a love for your word. Baptize us afresh with a love for your word. 
Baptize us afresh with a love for your word. Lead us and guide us, O Lord, by your spirit in your word. Order our steps within your word. O God, open our understanding of your word. You see the seeking and the searching of scripture that is and will take place as we make a commitment to your word. I pray even so, Lord Jesus, bring understanding as we do so. Anoint the minds, the hearts, and the ears of each one of us, Lord, as we open the word of God day by day. Arrest our thoughts. Speak to us, Holy One, as you desire through your precious holy word. In the name of Jesus, quicken the scripture to our spirit when the adversary would be lies quicken your word again to our spirit open our understanding of the word that will not give ear to the adversary that will discern the spirit of truth and the spirit of error in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, forgive me, forgive me where I've not made your word a priority in my life. Forgive me where I've relegated it to just checking off a box and going about my day. But I pray, give me a love for the word. Lead me in the study of the word. Lead me in the understanding of the word. Lead me in the revelation of the word. Use me as your living word to a lost world. Let your word manifest through my life. Come on, talk to him about that. Your co-worker needs the word to be made manifest. Your friend and your family needs the word of God to be made manifest. The world about us needs the word to be made manifest. And he wants to manifest it through you and I. Your word written on the fleshy tables of my heart, oh God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Let us be people of the Spirit and people of the Word. Let us be people of your Spirit and people of your Word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Renew our minds by the washing of the Word. Come on, the Scripture tells us our minds renewed by the washing of the Word. When you have battles in your mind, there's no greater place to go than ingesting the Word of God. The Word of God will wash over. It will cleanse. It will bring clarity of thought. It will drive out other noise and confusion. This is the power of the Word of God. Jesus, reveal to us Your Word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We will stand on your word. We will trust in your word. What you show us in your word, we will obey. What you reveal to us in your word, we will walk in. In the name of Jesus. 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 Quicken your word to our spirit today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Book of Psalms, the very first psalm says this. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now he's talking about a blessed man. And it's interesting to me that the psalmist writing about a blessed man or woman, he doesn't say first what they do. He first says what they don't do. You're going to be blessed. Here's some things you won't do. You won't walk in ungodly counsel. You won't reach out to ungodly people for advice and direction. It's what you won't do if you're going to be blessed. You won't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You won't stand in the way of sinners. That doesn't mean like I'm going to get in your way. It means you won't be found where sinners are found. Doesn't mean you won't go to reach them. It just means you won't be abiding in the way where they abide. You won't have a scornful tongue. You want to be blessed? But now watch the next verse. But his delight. Who's delight? A blessed man or woman. His delight. Where's his delight? It's in the law of the Lord. And, and so that means he checks his daily bread chart and reads those few chapters and says he delighted in the law of the Lord. Oh, no, that's not what it says. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate when? For those first few minutes with his morning devotional each day for four minutes. See, that's what devotionals have reduced us to. His delight, a blessed man's delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in the Lord's law, the blessed man meditates day and night. Day and night, day and night, day and night. I'm not pinning flowers. You understand this this morning. I love it when I wake up in the morning and there's a scripture that comes to my spirit as soon as I wake up. I find myself thinking on it all day, looking through it. It's what happened to me this morning. I sort of didn't want to come to church today. And that sounds terrible, doesn't it, Brother Ryan? All right, Elton. I really didn't. I got up this morning. There was a thought that stirred in my heart. We're not talking about it at all today so far. Maybe in the next service. I don't know. It was stirred in my heart. I got, to my, I got upstairs to my office probably about 4.30, quarter to 5. And, and, man, I'm in the Word, and the Lord's just talking to me. And then I'm somewhere else, and I got bookmarks everywhere. And I'm praying while I'm in. You see, we separate prayer and the Word. We should do it together. All of it is fellowship with Him. And... And I'm like, man, time's getting away. And I, did, I really just wanted to stay right there. But I couldn't. You guys wondered if I didn't show up, what was up? You wouldn't believe me. I said, well, I was in the Word. <laughs> but watch. In his law, he meditates day and night. But I want you to see the result of this. Watch the result of this. And he shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And watch, whatsoever he does, it will prosper. This is a person that meditates in the law of the Lord day and night. You know what's happening? That's a person that's getting roots. And their roots are in the word of God. And when the winds of circumstance and the winds of the world system are blowing and all the noise around, they're rooted in the word of God. So they don't believe all. They're not tossed about with every wind of doctrine. They're not carried about by the slight of man or cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive that Paul was telling us about. But they're rooted in the word of God. And they go, oh, it might sound right, but that's not the word of God. Uh -uh, that, that's contrary to the word of God. Therefore, can I give you a real example and I'll let you go. I hear all this noise about climate change. I'm not getting political. Just hear me. Do I believe the climate's changing? Yes. The climate has been changing for thousands of years. Okay. You ever heard of the ice age? Okay. Climate's been changing for a few thousand years. This is what the climate does. Okay. Do I think that men and the things we're doing could be having an effect on it? Of course I do. But I'm not caught up in all that rhetoric and some of the stuff that's leaning that way. Why? Because I believe the word of God. We say, well, what does the Word of God have to say about climate change? I'll tell you what the Word of God is. See, if you know the Word of God, you, you go, hold on a minute. There's a voice of error here. Not being political, you just realize what you, you recognize. Hold on, this is coming against the Word of God. And so you discern these things by the Word of God. The Scripture tells us in Genesis that as long as the earth remains... There will be seed time and harvest. It's in the Word. I think it's Genesis 2, 27, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. Maybe Genesis 3 or 4, I don't know. But it's in there. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. And it tells us the seasons will remain as long as the earth remains. I believe the Word of God. Now you say maybe climate, but is climate change? Maybe if so, it's going to lead to the end of the earth. Because as long as the earth remains, the word of God says. Amen. And so we learn to recognize, hold on, this is a voice of the God of this world. It's contrary to the word of God. I hold to the word of God. Does this make sense? Amen. This is so vital today. Because otherwise we start, here's a word you've been hearing, otherwise we start sympathizing with the worldview. And there is no contrast between the word of God of truth and error. And we become sympathetic to a worldview rather than a scriptural view. And the moment that we start sympathizing with a worldview... We stop being the light that we're called to be. We need the word of God. Amen. Can we thank him for his word before we go today? Jesus, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your holy word. I receive it of you. 
Ah, let me love your word. Great truth have they which love thy law. Great truth have they. Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing will offend them. Nothing will offend them in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. If you're interested in being part of a group that's going to walk through the Word, or parts of the Word together, I encourage you to reach out to Brother Gabriel, Sister Sandra Riojas. Send them a message. Say, hey, include me in that group. I want to be going along with it. I want to be reading together. I want to be a part of those discussions. Send them a text or go. Send them a text. Don't just go tell them because I have to remember everybody. But if you're interested, they're creating a group where they'll be able to communicate and you can join together in the Word through the course of the day. God bless you.